This is Paul. I'm at Cloud Connect with Tom Lunabus. Tom, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more than that? Thanks, Paul. Great to see you again, by the way. Well, I'm the CEO and founder of, of Sosta, and my background is a bit of the serial entrepreneur that everybody uses. I'm a little bit more gray-haired than most of the CEOs in the Valley. Uh, this is my sixth startup. I'm unique in that I've had two IPOs over the course of those six, and and Sosta is uh, is what we hope to be the next one. So uh, I, I'm a little different in a couple of different ways. I'm older than most, and uh, <laughs> which I like to think is a good experience. Uh, but I'm at probably as passionate as a 21 year old right now. Excellent. So older, older and wiser, I'm sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and um, maybe just tell us a little bit about Sosta as well, and then we'll get into some cloud conversation. Well, Sosta is a very interesting company in that it is different than most of the current cloud companies out there that are infrastructure-based or infrastructure-as-a-service-based or platform-as-a-service-based. We are actually an enterprise cloud service, probably the first enterprise cloud service. So we started the company back in 2008. We announced it uh, at the Structure Conference, uh, which we consider to be one of the first cloud conferences out there. And the problem that we solve is how do you test web and mobile applications for scale? Um, and how do you do it fast and affordable along with it? And traditional approaches using tools like Mercury or Rational Silk were terrific for client server apps. Not so good for very high volume scalable apps where you might have hundreds of thousands of users, if not millions of users. And then Beyond the software element of the problem, there was a big problem with hardware. You, to simulate 100,000 users hitting a website, you may need 500 servers, as an example. And no one had a test lab of 500 servers over the last 25 years. And so uh, cloud computing came along in 2006 and 7, and it gave us access and availability and affordability to what we used to say infinite compute power, but a large amount of servers. So now we're able to, for customers like Verizon and Fidelity and Target and Netflix, simulate using cloud computing, simulate millions of users hitting a website for the purpose of preventative maintenance, uh, assuming trying to find areas where you might have latency or crash. Uh, and we do it all through cloud computing. So we may provision 500 servers in the cloud from a bunch of different providers. Uh, and generate load coming from all around the world. And then as we apply the load, we are analyzing the performance metrics uh, at the infrastructure layer, at the network layer, and at the app layer, all in on the same timeline. And it gives us a multidimensional view of performance as they go forward. And we're pretty happy with the fact that most of our customers that have done testing with us uh, have great launches of new products, whether it's Verizon handling uh uh, an Apple 4S launch or a new iPad 3 maybe launch coming up or Hallmark getting ready for Valentine's Day. Yesterday was their Super Bowl uh, or Super Bowl folks that are sending more and more people towards websites. So it's an exciting new area and it's become kind of cloud computing's killer app, performance testing. That's great. And um, a couple companies I, I want to relate here. So we know about Netflix, we know about Zynga, and those are great companies that are often talked about as cloud applications. Mm -hmm. Now, I think Sosta is another company I, I want to put in that same category because it's a company that builds an application.
application on top of the cloud mm -hmm. and uses the unique capabilities of cloud computing to deliver some great capabilities that couldn't be done before. Yeah. So as an early pioneer in that phase of cloud computing, maybe you could share some experiences of what it's been like to all of a sudden have this massive capacity, be able to tap into it for a few hours and then let it go. It's been no short of miraculous, exciting and exhilarating. And you're talking to a guy that's been in the business for 33 years. I mean, we're doing things that were impossible five years ago uh, because of cloud computing. I mean, to, example for my app, you know, if I wanted to do a performance test uh, seven years ago or five years ago, it would have taken me six to eight weeks to set up the test. It would have, the, the largest test I probably would have done is 4,000 concurrent users, and it might have cost as much as a million dollars to run that test. Today, that test could take a few hours to set up. It could now, instead of being capped at 4,000, I could do 300,000 users hitting a site, and it might cost only a few thousand dollars. Just watching this has been uh, miraculous. Cloud computing in 2008 only had one data center. It was in Virginia. It was Amazon's EC2 in Virginia, uh, EC2 East. And now we have a, at our fingertips at any given day 375,000 cloud servers around the world in 47 different locations from 17 different providers, whether it be Amazon or IBM or, or Joyent or GoGrid, uh, around the world that we can provision servers within minutes. Uh, and it's, it's changed the game. It's changed the game of, in our particular area of testing, but it's changing so many other things. It's empowering individuals to do greater levels of cancer research. It's empowering uh, companies that are, you know, 20 people shops to be able to be, have uh, basically storefronts in China. Uh, it's really, really, really powerful, and it's not just the enterprise guys or the names you hear about. It's a lot of small teams that are now being empowered by the access and availability to infinite compute power. So it's really, really cool. Yeah, that's great. And those were some amazing statistics you mentioned, you know, 375,000 servers around the world. You can call them up uh, nearly instantly. And since you guys started so early relatively in, in the cloud industry development, um, you've had to pioneer a bunch of stuff. I mean, people have been talking about, well, can I make an application that leverages multiple cloud providers? And, you know, different ones have, have different APIs and they have different capabilities. But um, I think that's why it's worth showcasing Sosta, again, kind of like Netflix and Zynga. I mean, you're a company that has you know, brought some new stuff to the table here. You're working out how to interface with multiple clouds at the same time. So thoughts there on how you've gone about getting Sosta to you know, work with all these clouds and take advantage of this whole ecosystem. Necessity, number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you, you have to kind of do things based off of the market driver. So in our yeah. case, people may want to test downloading a song. How, what's the user experience in... Uh, Hong Kong versus London versus New York versus San Francisco. So you have to have different locations. And so when we first started off, we knew we would probably go beyond the requirements or capacities of a single location, certainly, and certainly probably beyond the capacities of a single vendor. So started with Amazon. Amazon has been terrific. They are still the gold standard of APIs out there. All the rest of the folks are trying to catch up. And when we say API quality, we talk about the, the quality of the servers, the quality of the access mechanism to it, the availability of it, certainly the cost comes into play. 
but we've become the tester of, of cloud services or cloud APIs out there. So every, most any new provider that comes online comes to us because we've had so much experience with so many different APIs. And it is, it is kind of a, amazing to see how people come into it. The story I always tell is the first test that we ran three and a half years ago or so, we needed 100 servers to run this test, and it took us back then four hours to provision them manually that wasn't going to cut it from our perspective. So we began to see, well, why was it? Well, some of those servers actually were not were dead on arrival. They, they didn't work. So we began to get error messages, and we began to see that there was a seven- or eight-step resolution to those error messages. So we began to automate the resolution of those error messages. And then once we really handled all the error messages within Amazon, we went to the next one. And so now I can provision a thousand servers from seven different locations with three different providers in six or seven minutes. And that's the advancements of it. But every API is a little different. So Amazon gives us probably the fastest way of getting uh, uh, servers. Uh, others give us location, but it may be a little bit more manual in its orientation. But API, uh, API, cloud APIs are advancing quite rapidly right now. Uh, which is really a good sign for us in the maturity of the marketplace all in all. But I, the fact that we now can ramble off 47 different locations and 17 different APIs or cloud providers is amazing. But I really think in the next 10 years we're gonna, or next five years, we're going to see that being tenfold. So I think we'll be seeing 470 locations and you know, probably 100 different providers of those servers as we go forward. So it's exciting t times, but still a little early, too. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. We talk about the infinite capacity <laughs> of the cloud. I heard rumors that you guys, you know, since you grab so many servers, that sometimes you've been able to use up the capacity of a given provider. Does that happen, or is that something of the past, or how does that work? Uh, well, we we hope it's in the past. Uh, <laughs> I did get myself in trouble a few times in the early days of the cloud because I was known, or I was notorious for saying that uh, that Sosta has hit its ceiling against the proverb. Uh, the well, we've hit our head against the proverbial ceiling of infinite compute capacity <laughs> uh, on a daily basis. And and in the early days, that was true. You know, there wasn't always. And in the early days, you also had a lot of gaming companies using a lot of servers, so Zynga was a big core hog to it, and, and we were all fighting for the same servers. And so, um, but that became less and less so over the last few years. Uh, we saw it as recent as a couple of years ago, but for the most part, we think those are days of the past. But more and more people are coming online. What <clears throat> makes us really different is, you know, when you talk about Netflix and Adrian Cockroft is a great friend of ours and a customer, you know, they pretty much use one environment. And most customers will only use one environment, in their case, Amazon CC2. There's not too many people that use multiple providers. And so our application requires it because of locations. And so we're very unique. I think you're going to see that a lot more. And there's always the... The, the evolution of private cloud APIs that are evolving with Eucalyptus and Cloud.com and, and Nimbula and those kinds of guys out there. And then, obviously, the public cloud kind of guys coming out. And then all the platform guys like Cloud Foundry are kind of coming out and becoming very, very strong as well. So I think there is going to be more and more capacity, but there's going to be a lot more people using that capacity as we go forward. So... It, you know, hopefully the days of hitting our ceiling against that, that uh, or hitting our head against that ceiling are gone, but you never know. It, it's, it, it's exciting. This conference is a good example of it. I think probably you've seen it yourself. It, 
everybody is cloud these days. Everybody's moving towards the cloud. Sosta, I think, is another great example for dealing with the situation of spikiness of demand. Mm -hmm. So you go from needing zero servers because you're not testing with, with a company at a particular moment, moment to needing a large amount. Uh, you know, what, what numbers are we talking here? Oh, gosh. In, you know, the best story is uh, a few years ago we got a call uh, in January, early January, from Denny's. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, my, my reaction was to the, the poor Denny's guy. I said, I'm sorry, but do you have a website? And, you know, Denny's is not traditionally an Internet thing. And because, you know, we test websites. And he, and he goes, yeah, I get that a lot. And he, and he goes, but I need you. I need some help because we're doing a Super Bowl ad where we're going to give away a free Grand Slam breakfast uh, to anybody that comes to our website during the Super Bowl. And I said, so how many people do you think you might have? He goes, I don't know, maybe 100,000 people might come to the site. They had four placements of the ad. We, because we were building our technology, scaled them up to millions of users just to test out some technology. They had 59 million Americans went to that website on Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. We all drink on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. so eating is the next effect. So people, the one thing that is consistent is, and we do a lot of event-driven marketing campaigns, whether it's a new iPhone or iPad or a, a holiday or TurboTax, Tax Day, whatever it may be, there is no predictability anymore. Uh, you know, the Facebook effect, the, the effect of social media is that you don't know. It could go viral at any moment in time. So, you know, Amazon used to talk about Animoto, which is this really cool uh, uh, game, uh, not game, but uh, application that allow you to put together albums. And, you know, they went along with a few hundred users for a while, and then they got Facebook. Somebody on Facebook began to become aware of it, and all of a sudden they had 100,000 people hit their site. So in a world of social media, there is no predictability for how much traffic will get there. The difference for us is you, you if you think you can do 100,000 or you're going to do 100,000 users, you can test today very affordably at a million users or 10x. Right. So, you, you know, now it's affordable to go way beyond your predictable number, and the predictable number is false anyway. You just don't know. So what we're trying to do is, is because of cloud computing, make this very affordable and accessible to everybody. But that is one of the big things. You cannot predict traffic in a social world because... All it takes is one or two people saying, oh, uh, an Ashton Kutcher or somebody saying, this is yeah. a hot app, and boom, everybody's going to hit that site. That's both fun and exciting and scary for pretty much everybody in the IT department. Yeah, it seems like we talk a lot about seasonality, Christmas shopping and that sort of thing, but I think for Sosta, there's a lot more seasons that we tend to not know about. Seasons that really hammer the websites. What are some of those? Well, all my friends are kind of go to me to see what's coming up because uh, <laughs> it, it, we are, you know, we, we just came out of Fashion Week and Valentine's Day. So doing a lot of testing for sites associated to that. So all the big designers and Hallmark and all the e-card kind of guys doing that. Now we're moving on to uh, March Madness. Uh, there's all kinds of activity associated with March Madness. Uh, Kentucky Derby is not too far uh, away. Uh, the elections are all part of it, so election sites and, and, and government, government kind of sites or political sites are getting hit pretty heavy these days. Um, and there's all kinds of events around the world. You know, we're in Olympic year, so you've got the London Olympics and tickets and other th people want to stream 
uh, data and, and such there. So that's become very popular over the last year. So, you know, just think of any sporting event, think of any personal event, and then think of all the corporate events. So I got a new product. I have a new, I want to feature a new Nike shoe, or I want to feature, you know, a, a new film, or the way we look at video these days. So there's personal events, there's corporate events, and then there's global and national events going on. And all of them are are blending combinations, like the Super Bowl conversation we had earlier, blends a Super Bowl traditional advertisement, TV ad, with their website. You know, push people to the website. And now they're adding Twitter and Facebook into it, so people are commenting on the ads and things. So we're now getting even more connected than we ever imagined, and most of it is around events. And it's, it's crazy all the types of events are out there. Our calendar is constant. Uh, with testing because people are always coming in and saying, hey, we're going to push a lot of load here coming to this site because of this or that or whatever. But it's pretty much let your, your imagination go. And, or events that were the Masters is around the corner, the U.S. Open will be around the corner, both tennis and golf. Uh, baseball season starts coming up, so that becomes pretty interesting. And anybody that does marketing, anybody has a new product, anybody has a, you know, or a national or, or an event as it is. So it's exciting. So all those people that you talked about with websites and so on, they're great candidates to use cloud test. Are they also great candidates to use cloud computing? And are you seeing them over the years uh, going from, you know, more fixed environments to more elastic cloud environments? Absolute requirement. I mean, they've, <clears throat> they've learned, most of them over the last two years, they can't handle these. It doesn't matter how much you test. If you've got a static architecture, you just know that it, up, you can handle 10,000 orders and anything after 10,000 you're going to break. So they begin to work. They used to build, build their, you know, um, the fail whale logos out to, to get prepared that they're going to fail. <laughs> now they, they've gotten far more confidence in cloud computing as an elastic platform to be able to scale up and scale down using great technologies like Instratus or RightScale associated to it and using EC2 or Azure or Join or GoGrid. And I, I would say where two years ago, 20% of them were using cloud platforms. Today, I would say 75% of them are on cloud platforms because it's no good to push a lot of load or a lot of lead generation to a site and not have an architecture to, to take advantage of it. Right. You just waste your money if you don't. So, um, And the all of these guys are the, the first movers in the cloud. You know, they have to. There's no other way of handling dynamic load or di di dynamic amount of people hitting a site. Well, Tom, you've given me a lot of insights here on the elastic cloud application like CloudTest. Any last thoughts that you want to share on CloudTest in particular? You're taking advantage of the capabilities of the cloud, but you're also adding some more innovation beyond that. If there's anything you want to share? Well, it's all about mobile right now. And so uh, most of our, I think what's really cool about um, mobile applications is, is mobile's a good topic, but what's going on inside mobile is really exciting. So today we're starting to see an explosion of apps, but an explosion of new user interfaces that are starting to evolve, especially around big data. So it's one thing to have a lot of data, but you still have to find the needle in the haystack to make it actionable or, you know, something you can do with it. So, uh, you know, we kind of have the evolution of the minority report user interface evolving here for logistical and distribution type applications. And so things, we started off with keyboards, went to the mouse, then we went to touch, then multi-touch, now gestures like pinch and swipe, rotate. 
Now we have custom gestures to coming out for specific vertical markets. Uh, we're starting to see, obviously, voice with Siri coming out, but now we're starting to see uh, hovering gestures for, for big data applications, 3D navigation starting to come out for big data applications as well. We're starting to see phones from Nokia being bendable, uh, Microsoft's Connect uh, capability, so you have squiggly lines and do stuff. So user interface activity in mobile is very cool and nearly impossible to test until we created a new testing platform for mobile called TouchTest that allows you to capture every element of motion. So now, if you move a picture on a, uh, on a mobile application, you don't break the test using TouchTest. So we've, we, we think we have game changer number two, uh, cloud test was game changer number one. Touch test is our game changer number two for mobile testing. But if there's one thing that's hotter than cloud computing, it's mobile right now. And, and that's hard to say because cloud computing is white hot. Okay, Tom. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for your time. And uh, we've learned a lot. So thank you. Great to see you again, Paul. Thanks for taking the time with me.